0: This talk was given at Insight Meditation South Bay. For more information and a schedule of our events, visit the Insight Meditation South Bay website at www.imsb.org. For information about online programs, visit the Bodhi Courses website at www.bodhicourses.org. Bodhi is spelled B-O-D-H-I. Thank you so much for the invitation for having me here, uh, and um, especially in this series, I really appreciate that there is a series um, about meditating during challenging times, hard times, and in some ways, actually. So when I was looking today, especially at the the subtitle, you know, dealing with stress, life transitions, traumas, tragedies, the the you know the humor making part of my mind came up with gosh, this sounds pretty dark, you know, people think like, these Buddhists again, here they go, it's all about suffering, life is suffering, okay, let's, okay, let's talk about suffering. Um, Whereas, you know, I think the way that that I like to approach the topic tonight is, um, is not so much about dealing with, or not just about working with difficulties that come up, um, but... But it's going beyond the learning strategies, how to cope with, with challenges. And challenges are a part of life. Of course they're a part of life. We, we all know that by now. I'll talk I'll talk a little more about that. But the, but the point I want to really make is is um, really referring to, to the um, title of my talk, um, which is... What was it again? Yes. <laughs> yes, illness as a doorway to awakening. So in a way, it's about... You know, when life gives you lemon, making lemonade, it's not just dealing with what life has given you, not just learning coping strategies, because a lot of times we think of meditation as a way to cope. Um, and it's, that's wonderful. And I think that is limited. It's not just about relief, because we, we seek relief. Yes, relief is great, wonderful, but I think there is much bigger potential for this practice, for these practices, for all these gifts, especially when we f- we're facing difficulty. And that is release, which is going above and beyond the the, the issue itself and where we have been before. Um, so really using and treating it as an opportunity. And it can be really as, um, we get to choose our attitude. We get to choose, that's, that's the, last, um, that, that's the last freedom that we have that no one can take away from us. Um, in the words of Viktor Frankl, um, I was, was going to talk about this later in the talk, but since I'm bringing it up, oh yes, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. So we get to choose our perspective and the way that we make meaning or not make meaning or just see illness specifically as a topic for tonight um, as something that is forced upon us and it's awful and why us and this is terrible. That's, you can take that perspective and you can take another perspective that can actually support not just relief from, but actually release Awakening, freedom through this difficulty that has been handed to us. So setting that up as the premise, um, I also want to say, before we go any further, I was reminded of of this um, ad, I think we figured with Jennifer was in 1985, 1986, the hair club for men there was an ad on tv that the guy would come up and say i'm not just the president for the hair club for men i'm also a client and he would show how you know yes people are going are some people like have no idea what i'm talking about and okay well the point being i'm here i am sitting here talking about difficulty challenges um as a dharma teacher but actually i'm a cl- uh, you know i'm a client of this suffering club i have a chronic illness um so which i have actually had now gosh for uh let's see uh 18 years and have been and i was diagnosed 10 years after i i was i'll tell you what it is i have chronic lyme i was bit by a tick um 1819 long time almost two decades ago was diagnosed 10 years after the tick bite, so I've been treating this illness, chronic illness, with lots of challenges, lots of difficulties. So for specific, especially for the past seven years, I've been feeling sick and in pain every single day. That's, there hasn't been a single day. That, and even today, I'm showing up here, I've had a tough day in some ways. So, and yet, anyway, I'm getting to the, this talk is going completely out of order, but it is what it is. Um, so, so I'll come back to it. I'll, I'll I'll come back to my history and story a little bit. I'll, I'll put it in a little more. But now you have a little bit of a background that again, I'm not just talking about it. I'm really talking from personal experience. It has been my own practice, um, and my own illness has been the biggest teacher for me. Um, I, um, you know, my, my as as Jennifer mentioned in in the introduction, uh, my. Um, a uh, formal teacher has been Venerable Park Sayada, whom I love and re- deeply, deeply respect. Lots of, lots of love for him. And illness has been a big, bigger teacher, more effective teacher, teaching me every single day, the hard way, even, even when I don't want to practice. It's like, okay, all right, I guess I have to. You know, my, my nose is, gets pressed into, into challenges and difficulties. So in that way, even though I wouldn't wish it on anyone, I am grateful for it. Um in fact, years years ago, when I was really sick in two thousand and twelve and I was actually um, homebound and for sometimes bedbound, which was an intense um, meditation retreat for me. Basically, I was mostly in solitude, and I didn't even have the energy to to um, to talk with friends on the phone much. It was just a very limited energy. Um, the way in which you, you know i and, and I was basically practicing with the physical difficulties with the emotional challenges um, and at some point felt so much gratitude, felt so much gratitude for what this kind of limited life was actually how how many dimensions had opened up to me, how many in dimensions in compassion, how many dimensions in actually being with it it just there were so many gifts from the outside. It seemed really terrible and limiting. And from the inside, it was just the doorway had opened to what I could not have expected. And if I hadn't been pushed to it, I wouldn't have opened the door. So I actually, I, I wrote a thank you letter to the tick that bit me. <laughs> it started, dear tick. You know, we met very briefly. I I forget. I don't have it in front of me. But it was something like, you know, you probably don't remember me. You know, we met about 10 years ago. I was your blood meal. And you, you know, crawled on me. And you don't remember me. And you probably crawled off. But guess what? You totally changed my life. And don't worry. I'm not writing to to curse at you and tell you I hate you. You know, I'm actually writing to thank you for biting me because my life has really changed. And if it wasn't because of you, I wouldn't have opened up to compassion for myself and for other people, and really feel and uh, let my heart break for how difficult this can be. I wouldn't have changed my life. I wouldn't have um, become the contemplative that I have become really, you know, it, it, basically through through your gift uh, you really have changed my life to be much deeper. Um, and, and, yeah, and et cetera, et cetera. So, so, um, yeah, illness as a doorway to awakening. I'm going to take a pause now and go back to my notes. This was all extemporaneous. So, here we go. Okay, what are my notes? Anyway, we'll go back. Yes. So I was going. I was um, speaking about about the fact that um, you know there is a there are challenges in life, and and illness is one of them. Nevertheless, you know, life is not suffering. Of course, that's not what the the teaching in Buddhism is. Even though sometimes you see out in in the press they say, "Oh yes, Buddhism says li- life is suffering." If you see that. Don 't believe it it's not right it's not the Buddhist teaching but but basically what Buddhism teaches is that challenges are part of life it's not like you did anything wrong. Um, it happens in fact, you know it's the idea of you know uh, SHIT happens, right? It just happens, and different perspectives, different um, Perhaps religions have different ways of making sense, making purpose out of SHIT that happens in human life. So, again, many of you might, well, some of you might remember this. This was floating in the Internet a couple of decades ago. There was this list of of the different religious perspectives on SHIT happening. Islam, which is the tradition I was raised in as a kid, is if shit happens, it's the will of Allah. People who, are, who yeah, people who know, they're laughing. Catholicism, if shit happens, you deserve it. <laughs> Judaism, why does this shit always happen to us? <laughs> so, so with Buddhism, it's that you know, it happens. It just happens. It's part of causes and conditions. Um, Cause and conditions come together. It's not that you were wrong, you were bad, you did something wrong. Just like all the cause and c- conditions came together and made this happen. So with me and the tick, well, the tick happened to be there and I happened to be there. And, you know, it's the causes and conditions, right? It's not like, oh, it's my fault. I shouldn't have been. It's other people's fault. And these are all the stages that we go to, we go through. And in fact, when I was younger, um, in my 20s, speaking of of illness, um, someone whom um, I loved dearly, uh, they got cancer very young. And at the time, um, that, that didn't make sense to me because I was in the theistic framework of there's God and I'm a good person, I do good things, and good things happen to good people. And in my 20s, that completely threw me off. You know, bad things are not supposed to happen uh, to good people. So there was this book, I remember, um, uh, Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. I was reading that, and I was reading um, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, trying to make sense. And this was long before I was introduced to Buddhism. So I came up with my own philosophy of shit happens, which is like it happens. It's nobody's fault. It's it's not like you did something wrong. It's part of life. So that was my philosophy for many many years until I came across Buddhism, and I thought, ah, oh, there's a whole philosophy around this, that is just part of human life. You age. You get sick. You die. It's just part of being human. It's not a mistake. It's not a mistake. It's not a problem. It's part of life. So how to how to work with it and 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 how to actually grow through it. so so some of the ways that actually when when we are diagnosed with with an illness, when we get sick, um, you know usually at first, um, there is you know, maybe there's some symptoms, there's some pain, some limitations, some fatigue, maybe some perceptual, emotional changes, like something is off in our life, right, Uh, or something is off to other, in other people's opinion, maybe we don't notice something is wrong, that we're getting really angry all of a sudden, but like, "Mm, something's changed, so basically we notice change, and sometimes we get a diagnosis quickly, if we're lucky, Um, and sometimes the diagnosis can be simple, sometimes it's very challenging, and sometimes it's terminal, it's not the diagnosis we want, it's not the call, the doctor call we want, and sometimes we don't know for years. In my case, for ten years, what's wrong with you? You have no idea, and doctors keep telling you, uh, we'll give you various random explanations, and some even tell you, "Oh, it's in your head." That's 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 the weirdest diagnosis. But anyway, so so the process go through this process, and then often what comes up is is um, interestingly enough, it parallels the five stages of grief that have been developed by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who's this wonderful expert about, who did a lot of um, support uh, for people who were dying and, and also people who were losing loved ones. So, so the five stages, um, the first one is denial. You know, when we are, di- either when we lose someone we love or we get an illness, we deny it. It's. It's. I'm fine. If we, de- if we deny the symptoms. Maybe we just deny it so that it will just go away. If we deny, it. anyone has done that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kind of deny it, like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be fine. You just kind of deny it. Um, and um, but and and also the, the, the other thing is that actually when sometimes we even get the diagnosis, we deny it. So so personal story for me so after having gone through so many seeing so many doctors and so many professionals um at the time I was getting treatment for what somebody said you have infection in maybe you have infection in your in your jaw bones okay fine I'll go through that treatment and there um I was getting a, a oxygen therapy anyway um so so there, after I, I mentioned my symptoms to the nurse there, um, she wrote it all down, and the doctor there at this you know, oxygen place, I came back the next time, they're like, we think you have Lyme disease. Like, what? No way! Like, denial, Lyme, this terrible disease. There's... So there was denial, and I was actually, for me, it led to the next stage, which is anger. There was this sense of anger, like, how... Like how dare you? This awful disease, Lyme disease, me? No, no, no. This is this is something else. So, so that's also a natural thing that can come up for us when we have, uh, when we when we get a diagnosis or we, when we are ill. We're angry at ourselves. Oh, I shouldn't have gone there. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have eaten that. I shouldn't have like. Right, we are angry. We blame ourselves. We blame others. We blame the doctors. Um, oh, that person gave me the wrong diagnosis, or that tick. You shouldn't have been there, or or people. You know, Why? or like there's a. There can be so much denial and anger. So these natural emotions that are coming up. So, so part of what I want, as I go through the rest of the list, I invite you to recognize that in your own experience. Um, even if you catch a cold, right? At first the symptoms come, maybe you ignore the symptoms. Oh, I'm gonna be fine. And then you deny it and then you're angry. Darn it, oh, I have work to do. I'm catching a cold. How dare I catch a cold, right? You're angry at yourself. You're angry at the cold virus or, or the person who was sick at the office next to you. And gosh, they came to work even though they were sick. Uh, right? Do you, do you recognize all of this? Yes. It's, it's, so all of this is us. It's natural. It's normal. So not to other, like, oh yeah, other people come up with these emotions. These are the natural emotions that come up. So I mention them. So we recognize them when they come up. That's part of this practice. You get to recognize. Because until you recognize them, you can't work with them. If you don't recognize them, they come and take you away. The same way with denial. If... You know, when I was in the midst of my illness, the biggest lesson I learned was um, not to deny that I was, the, the pain that I was feeling. At the beginning, it would be like, well, what's, you know, I'd be feeling sick and tired, and I would be like, well, you have all these emails to write, and you have work to do, come on, let's, let's do it, and then I would kind of berate myself as being lazy, and I wasn't really getting it. I wasn't seeing that I was sick. I couldn't do it. It wasn't laziness. It's just, so not seeing. So the moment that I got to see what was actually happening, then I could see, wow, what is the appropriate response now? Is it to berate myself? Or is it to be compassionate? Say, oh, sweetie, this is really hard for you. Okay, let's rest. Okay, you're really feeling sick. What do you need? Maybe you need to sleep a little more, another hour or two. Okay, now, so so until we see, we cannot have the appropriate response. So seeing also these different um, stages that can naturally come up, it's not to squash them, not to push them under the carpet, but just to see them, oh, yeah, this is what happens. Okay, how can I work with this? skillfully. How can I be with this? How can I make this part of the practice? So after the anger, the second stage, um, and both of, all of these, by the way, can be mixed up. It's not necessarily, uh, one after another. Then there's the bargaining, which can also be part of the anger. Like, oh, if I had done this, if they had done this, if, if, um, it's, you know, bargaining, uh, kind of like wanting to relive the past in a way. Um, and in some ways, you know, it's it's kind of like working through this step of bargaining, actually having a bigger perspective popping up, having more equanimous, the bird's eye view, we get to see the universal perspective. So this bargaining, we can pop up and actually see, wow, there are all these causes and conditions that had to be exactly the way they were because of all the things that have happened with generationally through 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 time through the different dimensions of time and space and other people and beings and planet and structures and governmental structures and people structures like things have had to be in this way because they are if they could be any differently they would have been right so there is no point bargaining if i had they if this like Things are the way they are because of all the cause and conditions that have been put in place long before you showed up on this planet. To realize our place in it. Yes, we do have responsibility, but also not to, not to see that it's all resting on your shoulders. So much of it is this amazing um, happening. It's, it's, it's the causes and conditions. It's part of... actually the word karma really is the word for the the Buddhist teaching of karma, isn't like you've done good, you've done bad. It's more, it's, it's this conditionality, all these causes and conditions that have been put in place and you continue to contribute to them being put in place. So the Buddha said, if you try to ponder the law of karma, the law of causes and conditions, like everything that has led to everything to create everything that is, you will go mad. So you can't figure it out but just to have that perspective, that universal perspective of things are the way they are. So in this process, the next, the next stage, the fourth stage, is, is opening up to the pain. Really fully opening up to the pain, finally. Like a really opening up. And that's the stage where the sadness, depression the heaviness of it can feel so heavy like okay it can feel like a loss you're finally touching the loss of what the what the illness what this challenge really means for you Uh, or uh, if 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 you're the person who's sick yourself or for a family member really opening up to it not pushing it away not trying to bargain uh, like okay all right i'm opening up like Oh, and then it lands, and then the tears come, the sadness comes. But now you're in the midst of it. You're actually opening up to it. And it's a really, really rich place to be. A challenging place to be, but it's a really rich place to be if if we can rest in it and be with it instead of turning away. And this is where our hearts can really, really open, crack open to... To compassion for ourselves and for others, because this is where the pain is—that the the um, the place for growth, for seeing the pain. So, one practice, for example, that I was doing, um, and I continue to do, and it's really the the uh, this one practice has been my support in the worst of it, and that has been. for example, if I'm lying in bed and I have a lot of pain and just really, really a lot of difficulty, I imagine all the people who are right now in, around the world, around the world, are in the same situation. And I try to imagine, imagine in my mind, oh yes, there is a woman lying in a hut somewhere in Africa. You know, oh, there is a young child lying in pain somewhere in Canada, there is, you know, I'm just imagining all these people who are in the same situation, that they're in a difficulty, that I am, wow, we're not alone. And I i wish well, I f- wish ease for all of us, all of us who are in this together, all of us who are in this together, in this situation. And it's as if I feel their pain, and as if we're in this sisterhood, brotherhood, this this. This community of right now, feeling this way right now, this is challenging. I'm not alone feeling this challenge right now. And I, I, I may not know them, but I can be sure there's, there are other people right now in the world in the same situation. We have seven billion on this planet, right? So, so opening the heart to practice of compassion In this way not just for me but all the people and and then as I've grown through this to see you see everyone everybody else I may not know what their pain is what their suffering is but through that practice like, like as you're sitting here I don't know what your story is but I can be sure each and every one of you has a challenge each and every one of you has had a challenge, or will have a challenge. You have a story, you've suffered, you've cried. We are not alone. So working with, with illness, with difficulty in this way, it opens your heart, opens you up. It makes you a different person. It's the path to opening yourself up, cracking yourself open. It's the path to awakening, to freedom. In not the way that you wished or expected. On, ha- on top of a mountain sitting, you know, calmly. Light rays coming out of your head. But it's more in those difficult, tough moments that you're just pushed to your edge. And your heart breaks. You're, you're weeping. And you feel the pain of all humanity with you. That's when you open up, a moment of transcendence. So the last of the fifth stages is the stage of acceptance. And that is when ah, you're landing. It's like this has to be, okay. And acceptance is very different from giving up or acquiescing. It's what acceptance is, is acknowledging realities, not fighting realities, accepting reality as it is. Not to say you're not gonna continue to try to treat, treat and get medication or whatever it is, but you accept like right now, it's like this. Maybe there's a treatment. Maybe there's no treatment. Maybe this is terminal. I don't know. But th- it's like this. Ah, I can relax, and just have a perspective of okay. Open up the perspective. Live. It. it live with. Not the the small perspective of how can I. Get out of this. How can I quickly get out of this and resisting it? But okay, I'm opening up to it now. What gift does it have for me? What can it teach me? Okay, if I can't do this, if I can't go dancing anymore, if I don't have the energy, for example, to do that, okay, what? if I have to be at home, okay, can I? what is the gift that it has for me? Can I listen to it instead of hating it? If you continue to hate it and resist it and be angry at it, it, you're just in conflict. We, we, we're going to be continu- in continued conflict. Nobody's going to win. But if you actually open to it, okay, show me what gifts do you have? Illness. What gifts do you have? Not to say it's pretty. Not to say it's easy. Loss. Ours, the the loss that we experience in losing other people that we love. Their illness. It's 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 all challenging and. It is a part of life. It's a part it's a way that we grow. We grow. So growing. So in fact, there there are many studies on how on, on psychological studies and how actually adversity really does serve us. I mean, we know that. We know, we, we don't like adversity. It's not fun. We want things to be easy and joyous and we just go about our business. But actually, what if the purpose, well, I don't want to use actually the word purpose, but what if um, what if it's not about us coming here and having fun and having an easy time? Maybe Maybe this... This fire, these fires of challenges, are meant to open us up to our true nature of love, of wisdom. And this is the only way that we can actually get baked, cooked, mature, settle. That there is no way other than the challenges that that we have. And illness is one of them, is one way it shows up for us or for others. So so for me, in terms of the various gifts, I think I've already mentioned some that um, about um, you know, the compassion, really the practice of compassion that has opened me up to. I think there are other gifts that I've discovered, and, and also research shows that people who go through through challenges discover. One is that you, you discover, you rise to the challenge, um, you, know, you might be thinking, oh, if, if I had that illness, oh gosh, I, I can't do what that person is doing. No way, if I had that situation. But then you reveal the hidden abilities um, that you have, and it changes your own self-concept as to who you think you are. You're not who you think you are. You have so many more cap- capabilities than you think you do. So the thoughts of "Oh, I could never survive if this happened or that happened." You see, you can, and you're much stronger. You're much more capable, and you than than you think you are, and much more, and 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 not just strong and capable, but um, it it opens you up to another dimension of what it means to be human. It's not this limited self that is just trying to get better and continue with having fun. But it just opens you up to another dimension of being human when you go through challenges, such as illness. It also, it both strengthens relationships and friendships, and also you get to pare down your fair-weather friends. And I know that that happened for me. I just didn't have the energy. Or the time for relationships that were challenging. It was just there's something there. They were not nourishing. So I ended up having few relationships, friendships, but people who really, really were there for me and cared about. I just didn't have the energy to, to spend. So you become very wise in how you spend your time. How you how you show up in the world. You become wiser about your priorities. Um, and your philosophy is towards yourself and other people because there's no other way, right? It changes you. Um, many people change careers. Maybe they reduce their time at work. They realize they've been working too much and not, and their priorities have been all mixed up. And in fact, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the tick bite. Um, the. So, so the story of how, how I came into the path actually was, um, so when I was bitten by the tick for a year, I was really sick and no one had any idea what was going on. I was tired all the time as, as if I had mono, but it wasn't mono. Um, and a friend of mine at the time told me, okay, well, I've done a couple of silent retreats and they've been amazing. And I was so desperate at the time and, I'm, and I was an extrovert, definitely an extrovert. But the, so the idea, if, if I didn't have to be silent for 10 days, there's no way I would have been silent for 10 days. But I was desperate. I was sick. Like, okay, fine. Silent for 10 days. I'll do it. Sign me up. So I did the retreat because I was desperate. I was sick. Like, anything that would help, anything that would support my mind, my heart, my body. And she said, yeah. Meditation retreats are really calming. Um, They will support you. Okay. So I did the retreat, and whoa, it completely opened a trap door to a world that I didn't know exist, this practice. I could see my mind working the ways I had never, ever seen before, and I was hooked. And then for seven, eight years, actually, I got better. My immune system could deal with it. Uh, but I was hooked on meditation then, and I kept going on meditation retreats and studying more and more and more. And then when I got really sick, my immune system really collapsed, um, about eight, nine years after I was, um, uh, bitten, then the practice became even richer and deeper. I became more immersed in the practice and, um, the limited time and energy I had, I wanted to spend time practicing, not doing AI in the world. I mean, if I had all the energy in the world right now, I would completely do both. But given limited energy, this is where my heart is. This is what's much more meaningful to me, to practice and to have the privilege to share it with others, the fruits of what's actually what I've discovered, what's been absolutely meaningful for me. So it can change you you change your priorities. And, and, and also, um, you can get off the hedonic treadmill. The hedonic treadmill is, you keep wanting more, more of this, more of that, more, more whatever, more money, more fame, more status, more happiness, more fun things, more travel, and it's a hedonic treadmill. It's, it's a treadmill. It, it, you, you never get anywhere. You're just continuing to run because whatever satisfaction, and this is psychologically shown, um, that no no matter whatever satisfaction you get, it's not enough. You now need a bigger hit of whatever the next thing is. So challenge, illness, sickness helps you get off the hedonic treadmill. It completely can change your perspective about life. Gosh, I'm talking it up so much much right now, you all want to go get sick, don't. (laughs) Enjoy your health. And yet, know that none of us are immune from getting sick. It's one of the five daily reflections that the Buddha suggests. One of them is, I am subject to illness. I have not gone beyond illness. This body has not gone beyond illness. You are subject to illness. And to really take that in, this body, no no matter how healthy you are right now, which I hope you are, your body is subject to illness. You have a body, you're subject to pain. You're subject to illness. None of us is immune. You have a body, you're subject to, uh, your body's subject to death. You're subject to death. Now nobody's immune. So, so really seeing these as, it, as, As ways, as gifts to open you up, not to avoid them, but just, oh, how can I open up to to my full potential humanity above and beyond what I think is this mind, this body is capable of? So notice that, you know, for me, another gift has been as yes, I maybe referred to it a little earlier is, is um, it's really pushed me to my edge so much and my he- edge has expanded above and beyond what I thought was imaginable um, to be with discomfort, to be with pain, to, to, have to develop a sense of calm. Um, and that is freedom. You know, I... Many times when I'm in... in when I, have, I have lots of ups and downs. I continue to. And sometimes when you know, somebody who really knows me will ask me, so how are you? And I say, well, I'm not well and I'm well. Because there's a sense of my mind is well and my body is not well. There's pain, there's fatigue, there's discomfort, there are all kinds of symptoms. But I am well. It's like, okay... Yeah, I can be with this too. And actually if people don't know me they could, they wouldn't be able to tell. Many people say, "Oh, you look great." Oh, thank you. I wish I felt it too, but but thank you. I take the looking great, you know. It's better than at least have one out of like you look terrible and you feel terrible. At least looking great, I'll take one. But um but being able to 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 open up to um and, and, and um, to the sense of freedom, freedom in the midst of so much. So, so you know, the idea of awakening, you know, um, awakening, freedom. There are so many synonyms we have for it: uh, uh, enlightenment, awakening, freedom. Is to be free, to be to be with ease in the midst of no matter what. To be free of greed, hatred, and delusion, as well as as. You know, you can also think of, you know, if you're hating what's happening, if there's so much difficulty, that's, that's a sense of greed. You want something else to be happening right now. There is hatred. You hate the state of your body right now. So when those things are not present, you're at ease with whatever is happening. That is a sense of freedom. The conditions do not control you. You have awakened it's another way of being in the world, you're not subject to the conditions. That's what, that's what freedom is, you can be free and have ease in the midst of no matter what and growing, growing little by little as we get pushed to our edge, our edge keeps expanding. So again, my, my intention is not to celebrate suffering, and I hope I'm not coming across that way. I hope it's clear. But it's just to recognize that that illness per se, which I'm an expert in, um, can be a doorway. Suffering, difficulty, challenges can be a doorway for awakening. So I like to, to end with a quote from Marcel Proust, And I'm going to invite you to maybe close your eyes and let it wash over you. And we're just going to sit after the code in silence for a minute, before I ring the bell. So he says, we do not receive wisdom. We must discover it for ourselves. After a journey through the wilderness, which no one else can make for us which no one can spare us. For our wisdom is the point of view from which we come at last to regard the world. I'll read it one more time. We do not receive wisdom. We must discover it for ourselves after a journey through the wilderness which no one else can make for us which no one can spare us. For our wisdom is the point of view from which we come at last to regard the world. May we all grow in wisdom and compassion. May all beings be free including us. Thank you for your kind attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit Dharmasid